This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. They, our parents, have a profound influence on us, and the process of growing up with them leaves us with ingrained mental and emotional programming. What does the darkness mean to you? Does it bring up fear and doubt? Does it make you feel alone? Tobias hopes to change that perspective by offering his story. This book is an opportunity to connect on an emotional level through all the suffering so that you can see the other side, the beauty that lies in the darkest of times. What I found in the darkness is a heartfelt story of a 17-year-old boy's deeply emotional journey about his father's brain cancer and eventual death. This insightful memoir shares Tobias's experience, which inspires the reader to value and love life. Valeria Tellez interviews Tobias McGowan, the author of What I Found in the Darkness, a memoir about life, death, and making our suffering matter. Tobias McGowan is a mindset coach and writer working primarily with entrepreneurs and leaders on personal development and emotional healing. Tobias also has a personal blog and newsletter, and he provides online workshops. He's currently in Campbell, California. Tobias's latest book is a memoir about his younger self and the deeply emotional journey that he went through while experiencing his father's brain cancer and death. In the book, Tobias integrates some of life's most profound lessons that he learned through the process of his father's illness. Meet Tobias at TobiasMcGowan.com. Here is the interview with Tobias McGowan. In your own words, who is Tobias McGowan? Oh, wow. Uh, I would say Tobias McGowan is um, a combination of both uh, soul and, you know, some people might call that their heart or their authentic self, but I call it my soul. Um, So I'm a combination of my soul, which is a very spiritual aspect of me. And the other part of me is uh, a human being like everybody else. I have an ego and I have emotional needs just like everybody else. So um, Tobias McGowan is a combination of my soul and my uh, purpose in life and combined with just me being a human being. What is your purpose as of this time, Tobias? What is your passion? My passion? I would say uh, my, I, I like to think of it in terms of purpose. I think my purpose is to courageously fulfill 
the depths of my soul's calling to master all areas of my life and to reflect that um, through role modeling to other people so that I can uh, create a ripple effect uh, through the waters of love. That's, but, more, you know, more specifically, uh, I think my greatest work is done through uh, professional writing and coaching and speaking, especially as it relates to um, the mind, our emotions, um, and the spirit. And speaking of the mind, what is the mind to you? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I like to think of the mind in different ways. Sometimes I like to divide it up into categories of the conscious mind, which is more of our thinking mind. And the other category would be the subconscious mind, which is more of our feeling mind. Um, and then I also like to think about the mind as um, our ego. So I think our ego is really the really sits in and is manifested through our mind. Right. There are many aspects of what we call mind. Is that something that it's easily distinguished? Do we always know the difference? No, I'm not. I'm not. Sh I'm not sure that we do. Right. Um, and you know, I, I and you know, I think the 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 mind is a double-edged sword. Um, it's a very it's a very amazing element of who we are, and allows us to think deeply and to have uh, a capacity to solve problems and to really rationalize and think logically about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and then. At the same time, since it's connected to our feelings, it has to be. It's really impossible for us to separate the mind from our emotional um, concept. Uh, it, it becomes to the point where the, the mind also, you know, competes and compares and, you know, judges. And uh, it can get us in a lot of trouble as well. So it's a very amazing thing. But at the same time, uh, sometimes it can lead us down some very dark, dark holes. Have you found a way to keep the mind on that healthy track of not getting in trouble, let's say on a, on a more balanced path? For me personally, I think uh, having a certain amount of structure and, and self-discipline really, really helps me. Um, for me, I know personally just having a really structured morning ritual, um, or, or somewhat structured, some, that kind of allows me to be on autopilot and just like go through things that I know really, really work for me. Um, one of those tools during that ritual or that morning ritual is meditation. And I think meditation is a one of the most powerful things that I have found because it really allows me to step back and, and just observe the mind. So, you know, I could just really allow my mind to, to go. And, and the only thing that I'm doing during meditation is just, just observing my thoughts and my emotions and my sensations and, and just giving my mind permission to just do what it's doing without me, um, really judging or um, really attaching on to any of those, any of 
it's, you know, craziness that it, that is happening. That's interesting, the way you speak of the practice of meditation, observing the mind as if you're not part of it. Yeah, I think of that, you know, for me, when I go into meditation, uh, I am just trying to step back and kind of like, for me, the metaphor is that I am the sky and then the the mind is really just the weather. So, you know, there, there might be some rain, there might be some snow, there might be some clouds, but, but all that stuff is, you know, it's just coming up inside the sky. Uh, but, you know, and sometimes it stays a while and uh, <laughs> it's a little bit annoying, but eventually it passes away. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of how I see it. And it's like, you know, those, those, I have thoughts, but I'm not my thoughts. I have emotions, but I'm not my emotions. So very much. And that is the component the part of the self that I call the soul. That's not really connected to the mind. The mind is a navigation tool and the soul is the truth, is uh, infinite, eternal, was never born and will never die. It's something that is just untouched. Yeah, for, for me, that, that I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because when I meditate, that's an opportunity for, for me to listen to the inner guidance of my soul. Uh, one of my favorite authors, his name is John Demartini, and he says that a genius is one who can listen to the inner guidance of their soul and obey. And for me, that's uh, that's part of what I mentioned in my in my purpose is that I'm uh, every day I want to courageously fulfill the depths of my soul's calling. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yes, it really resonates to that part in me, right? That's that the soul, the heart, whatever we call God. Yes, beautiful. So pain and suffering, do you see any difference between these two uh, movements? Yeah, I would say that, uh, number one, that pain is, it's, it's an inevitable part of life. Um, just based on our life circumstances, life is always going to know bring us encounter with pain whether that's physical pain or emotional pain yeah. uh, there's lots of lots of different levels of that um, and I don't think that we can really avoid that or control that um, hopefully there's times where we can mitigate that um, but then suffering is really our personal experience or our perception of that pain right. so for me suffering is that's where it's it's more of, of, of a choice, and that's where it's uh, I think a lot of suffering is when we um, create emotional attachment, or when that emotional attachment gets deep enough, it becomes emotional baggage. So if we have emotional attachment, or we attach thoughts to our emotions, so um, or to our experience of pain, then I think that the suffering can get a lot worse. So in many cases, you know, suffering is a, uh, it's, is it, it, a lot of times the pain that we experience is unnecessary because it comes from suffering or it comes from like our mental, uh, baggage that we place onto it. 
I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, but. that's a, a very interesting way of saying that. I never heard this way. So actually pain can come from suffering, the attachment to ideas, emotional, negative thoughts and perceptions. Um, that is uh, interesting. I never heard it that way, which makes a lot of sense to me. That all pains caused by suffering, by this idea of what life is. Yeah, and I, I, I believe uh, from the one of the big reasons that I, I wrote the book that I wrote, um, which is really a memoir of when I was going through a really difficult time, is that at the end of it, my writing was really a way for me to find meaning and to create some type of purpose through the suffering that I went through. We, we, we all have to eventually find a way to make our suffering matter. And that's, uh, that's, that's a lot of what I believe is the reason for our pain and suffering. Thank you for doing that, <laughs> becoming that kind of a teacher, which is not different from spiritual teachers. I know we'll be talking about the chapter in your book, uh, Reparenting, and we're almost there about masculinity. I do have a question here for you. But before that, what do you think the purpose of the human experience is? And do you believe we have chosen to be here? I think on some level, uh, probably on that soul level that we were talking about, I think that we probably did choose um, to incarnate into this human experience for, for a specific reason. And maybe one of those reasons is that it, we're having this human experience so that we can learn what that purpose or what that meaning is. And maybe some of it is that we're, it, it's, it's our responsibility to put meaning onto the things that happen to us in life. What is the meaning of freedom to you? What is to be free? Oh, freedom, huh? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think uh, there's... I think... Wow, you almost stumped me with that one. I would say that to really like reach inside and find out what is authentically true for you and then to take responsibility for your actions to the level where you can live a life that is truly in alignment with uh, that most authentic part of you. And uh, more logically, I would say that you're really living in alignment with your deepest values. So. Some of, some of the, I, th I think maybe the reason that a lot of people feel like they're not free is because they haven't taken the time to define their deepest values and to take the time to just listen inside and find out what their soul is calling them to do. So they, they feel like there's, maybe there isn't a lot of direction in their life or there isn't a lot of, or there, there's, they feel like there's nothing really guiding them. So a, a lot of times people talk about the confusion of, uh, of, of intuition or listening to that internal compass. Yeah. The idea of knowing who we are or discovering our gifts, unique gifts and talents and our values and having the courage to live by them. 
And that is another journey in itself. Uh, how do you define courage? For me, courage is not, it's, it's definitely not the absence of fear. Yeah. Uh, I think that courage is really about finding something that is more important than the fear uh, and then facing the fear regardless. So a lot of it is like, I think there's a beautiful relationship between fear and courage because I don't think that our, one of our greatest virtues, which is courage, can even exist without fear. So I, I kind of think of fear as more of like uh, a, a gateway or something that is really telling me, oh, you really need to do that. So uh, that's that's kind of how I see fear. I like to look at it from uh, a different perception. And I like to have, like, can I have a great relationship with fear because it's really guiding me toward um, what I want to do? Because if I'm not if I'm not scared, then it probably doesn't have a whole lot of meaning in my life. I have heard that fear is the opposite of love. Would you agree? Uh, you know, I would disagree with that one because yeah. I feel like for me on the level of unconditional love, unconditional love is for a lot of people, that's what God is, or that's like the ultimate, uh, really the ultimate concept of, of spirit. So for me, and that's what I, that I what really resonates for me, but uh, unconditional love is really the synthesis of all positives and negatives. So it, it really includes like all the light and all the darkness, all the good and all the evil. Um, because unconditional love, it doesn't have any conditions. So it, it, it is so big that it actually like includes fear. Fear is part, it, it, you know, so it's like, and that's kind of like, when I meditate, I step back and I'm just trying to love all of me and, and all the parts with, of my mind. And, uh, so that's, you know, I'm just, I don't know if, uh, is that making sense to you? It does. Yeah. That makes me think about love has no opposites and love is the only thing that's real. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, I love that. Of course, I love that. <laughs> that resonates with me all the way. Yes. Yes. Um, so you wrote the book, what I found in the darkness, a memoir about life, death, and making our suffering matter. Two initial questions that you made some comments uh, earlier, a few minutes ago, but I'll ask um, more formally. Uh, how did you become a writer? And what was the inspiration, intention, and the purpose of writing your book? For me, writing is a... Uh... It was just a, for me, I picked up writing because I thought that I just needed to, to share my story. Uh, everything that I went through um, was very, very challenging. Um, the, the, the book largely is about my father getting diagnosed with brain cancer and, and that whole experience that I went through and his treatment that lasted and and his sickness that lasted over almost a year and a half so but but through all that challenge i also like i learned a lot and i developed a lot as a person uh, later on i did a lot of personal coaching so i, I kind of got to this point where there was 
a lot of like new gained knowledge and new gained personal growth that that I just felt obligated to share. So it was it was kind of a combination that I started writing because I, I felt like it was a duty that I that I had to share what I learned. And then and then on the other end, it was it was definitely just like an inspired inspired vision or calling my, my soul was just like you, you this is this is part of your path you're, you're gonna write right now and uh it's amazing because that's one of the the most one of the the most fun and awesome things that i get to do every day is that i get to wake up in the morning and participate in a sacred ceremony of writing uh where I just get to let the creative genius flow. So uh, it, it, it led to me really feeling connected to being a writer from like an identity standpoint. So that's yeah. uh, that's uh, the short of it. There's something about writing that is um, out of this world. Definitely spiritual practice. Talk to me for a moment about the surprising insights you have gained from grief from grief yeah yeah I, I think that grief is it's a very powerful thing that needs to be experienced when when you feel uh, a sense of loss whether that's for for me in my cases that that I lost my father so if you if you lose somebody close to you through through death or maybe you're you're grieving because of, of something something different than that maybe maybe it's a friend or Maybe it's even something very, very small, like uh, an, an, you know, an object, or maybe you're moving to another place and you're grieving your old place. It could be a lot of things. Um, but for for but if you're grieving because of death, uh, you definitely can't avoid that. And and I think everybody takes their own time through it. So it, it's really a place that you get to go into to. For one, like remember and honor that other person. Uh, but a lot of it is also a you feel grief because you feel like you've lost a part of yourself. Um, for me, uh, I have definitely saw a lot of myself in my father. So I felt like I was losing part of myself because uh, because of my own. Uh, just mental perceptions that I attached onto him. I, I had to let go of my own stories that I created created about him. So that was that's that's part of what I would say about grief. Uh, in my book, I talk about it a lot more, and I talk about uh, a little bit more about my process going going through it. But yeah, that's that's about grief. I love what he wrote. You said, they, our parents, have a profound influence on us, and the process of growing up with them leaves us with ingrained mental and emotional programming. Talk to me about this programming and how we learn to become free or conscious of this programming. Sure. I think that it's just inevitable when, when we're when we're young enough we're we're just like little sponges all the information is just coming through and it's it's really impossible for us not to get programmed with our parents values and beliefs uh with their uh 
with just the, the way that we, we, we are literally consuming everything that they are role modeling back to us. Uh, and, and children are so intelligent and, and so and such amazing individuals. Uh, and I and I think a lot of people dismiss the, the 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 depth of what they're going through and the depth of what they're feeling. So, you know, from a mental emotional standpoint, there there's so much going on, and and that's why a lot of emotional healing uh, goes back to a wound that happens when war at at you know a very very young age. So, and that you know usually relates to our story that we created about our parents for and then um so yeah i mean the, the mental programming is huge and and then later as we grow and develop we we eventually like usually get into the place where we're doing one of two things once we get old enough is that we're either number one complying or we're following our parents values and beliefs or we're doing the opposite, which means that we're defying or we're rebelling against their values or beliefs. But but both compliance and defiance is not us being authentic. So what we need to do is we need to respect who our parents were, but we don't have to be loyal to their values or beliefs. So uh, I think that's a lot of it is, uh, for me, it's you, you, you need to get to a place where you respect your parents. And maybe, maybe this, this question will help a lot of, a lot of people. Um, and you can ask it for both of your parents. But if you're struggling with this question, then this is probably an indication that you're still struggling with respecting your parents. I would say that what do you like most and what do you like least about your mother? And then ask that same question. What do you like most and what do you like least about your father? And to really find those polar, polar dynamics and then get to the point where you can have gratitude for what you like most and what you like least about your parents. Um, because I feel like gratitude is, is that balance point where, where you're, you know, in acceptance or that you can basically say thank you to everything that you like most and everything that you like least about, about your parents. Uh, and you can do this for me, you know, uh, I, I participated in this exercise when I was, you know, my dad was gone, so it doesn't have to be, um, re related to if your parents are alive or not. You talk about the father archetype. I would like to know more about that. And also, what is to be a man? What is masculinity to you? Mm. Yeah, for me, I would say that, well, to the first part of your question, the father archetype is, uh, an archetype is kind of like an idea concept that, is very it is something that we can connect with for like almost anybody can connect with uh, i see the ego as being broken down into three basic parts the uh the father archetype the mother archetype and then the inner child archetype so when when i talk about uh reparenting it's about 
tapping into those inner parts of ourselves. So the father archetype is really responsible for validation. Number one, validation from, from a father standpoint is uh, he, he's really recognizing what's happening with his son or daughter. So when, when, and then that, you know, maybe to put words to it, the verbal language would say that a boy or that a girl, he's basically giving you a little nod of that. He's proud and that he's validating you. Uh, which eventually we need to do for ourselves. We need to eventually get to the point where we recognize our own accomplishments and recognize the, the amazing people that we are and be proud of who we are. The other thing from uh, the father archetype is that he's about providing and protecting. And a lot of times that comes down to setting healthy boundaries Um and also making sure that he is providing or uh, and, and that providing usually comes through finances these days. Um, or sometimes that it can also be the father architect can also be related to protection. So that's kind of like some of the, the basic elements of, of the father archetype. But uh, I think a lot of that gets distorted with with social media um, in media in general, I think there's this illusion that, that masculinity has to be related to this look of being like overly strong and muscular. It's related to having to be, to be rich and wealthy. It has to be related to being successful. And, and it doesn't mean that it, that it can't be those things, but, but I think we, we blow it out of proportion and we make it, uh, seem like that's the the ultimate goal and and then all this and then then you know part of the problem with that is that we tend to identifying ourselves with what we have or what we have done uh, and and i think that could be a big, very big problem so it, it's tough because th there's not a lot of people that are like genuinely healthy and and that are like actually taking responsibility for their life so i don't, I don't think we have a lot of healthy um, masculine individuals that are really showing up in that fullness. So how do you guide your clients? How do you guide others to find, discover and embrace the inner parents? I think a lot of it, they, they is maybe this, this language or this, these ideas of, of these archetypes or how the ego works is just really understanding that the, those basics and, and maybe putting it in simple words is, is the beginning. So awareness is definitely a huge part of it. And de depending on the person, some, some people are, uh, not in that place yet. And they, they like to, for, for some of my clients, they just like to dive into the more logical way, which would be about, uh, I have a very structured way of helping people establish their deepest values um, really understanding what their limiting beliefs are, understanding more of what's happening with understanding their mind. And then that usually inevitably comes back to that people usually have some emotional healing that they need to go through. So if, if they need to discover a wound, um, because a lot of what I would say is the root of self-sabotage is that there is an unconscious part of them 
that is really working against them uh, for for the goals and the stuff that they want. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it it just really depends on what that person's going through. And uh, I'm just I'm sure you're very familiar when you work with clients. It's very person specific. And yeah, it's um, very unique. Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're almost at the end. I have way too many questions here and quotes from your book. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I do have to talk about this or ask a question. You say we cannot really forgive anyone except ourselves. I mean, this is uh, amazing how you found this wisdom. So talk to me for a moment. How did you learn this? How did you have this insight? Uh, a lot of it was from uh, coaching with one of one of my mentors. His name's John McMullen, yeah. um, which is why I think coaching is so amazing. Yeah. He, uh, but I think the real essence of coaching is that you're helping somebody else to learn how to coach themselves. Right. Right. So for me, when I coach, it's I really want to make sure that I'm not taking responsibility for their results. Right but rather that they're, um, they're the source of their healing and I'm just really helping them do it. Yes. Uh, so that, that's, you asked me, you know, how I did it or, you know, how that came through. Um, and, and then while I was coaching, I learned that, that it's, it's all about like my story that I put onto it or my personal perception of, of what I make my father. So at the end of the day, like, I can't forgive him. I can only forgive myself about what I made him in my mind. True. I don't know if, if, that, if that makes a lot of sense. So Only makes sense to me. Yeah. Everything's happening here within our well, own thanks. minds. Thanks for your confirmation. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. No doubt about that. So I have a few more questions for you. The ending questions. I have to tell you that I love the chair therapy that you have some samples yourself myself my father and my thoughts fascinating to i mean yeah thank you for being authentic for being you we need that encouragement and um so i have these few questions for you before i ask them would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book uh no i didn't i didn't really have a uh a, a passage ready but uh what would i what would i add is that yeah i I think just in general um the the book was for me just like an expression of what i hope everybody can can go through which is just getting to a point where they have just so much love and gratitude for their parents that they can, you know, put them in their heart and 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 really live a worthy life where they can they are honoring them f- like through that expression. Um, but 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 living a life that is true to yourself because uh, you, at the end of the day, I'm sure every parent, you know, in their heart of hearts, just wants you to live true to your purpose and true to, to, to what makes you happy and what makes you f- feel a, a sense of joy and freedom. Yes. Yes, I agree. Thank you again, Tobias, for your message, important message and reminder to so many of us 
that reminds me about my own parents and everything that I went through with them and then learning how to forgive. Yeah, first trying to forgive them, it didn't work, and then forgiving myself, that really set me free. So a few more questions. I'll ask you this one. What is your idea or how do you define success in power these days? Success for me is really about, uh, I would say it's, I'm coming to find that it's, it, it is what we talked about before. It's more about balance yeah. um, and, and finding that, that, that middle way. Um, be, because I, I think that's where like, like my flow is. And I think a lot of success for me is to be able to have the courage to, to step into the unknown and to experience something novel and new every day and to, to have a certain amount of, of faith that, you know, no matter what shows up, it's going to uh, it's going to, to happen in, in in a great way because that's uh that's what's you know exciting and inspiring for me and it, it's super scary but at the same time I think that's uh that's that's what success is it's uh so it's it's a lot less about uh, a certain amount of like accomplishment or accolades or or you know any anything else like that. Don't get me wrong. I still uh, have a, have a lot of internal desires and things that that I'm dying to create. Uh, yeah, but that's what success is for me. And uh, if I can follow my soul, uh, I think that that will definitely give me like the most power. Uh, and I think a lot of power also has to do with like my level of consciousness and my level of presence and awareness that I can can have moment to moment. Uh, which is why, you know, it's just, it's, uh, one of my things lately is just like how mind blowing it is to see how people are just so addicted to social media and, and, and just, it's just wild and their phones and everything. So (laughs) we'll segue. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It's hard to believe. Yes. (laughs) But I love your wisdom. Thank you. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? Oh, um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that I would. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think probably for all of us, if that if that happened, we would just uh, just kind of like let go of a lot of our own to- uh, our like internal. Mm judgments on our internal fear and 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 just kind of go forth like a lot um a lot harder into life or you know with just less less restrictions or less 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 care i guess you could say so but i but i don't think it would change like the way that i'm living i just think that uh or or um the direction that i'm going rather but i think that i would just probably have a lot more focus and probably just go for life a, a, a lot more. Um, of course, like, like I said, like at the beginning of this is that, that I'm a human being and I have a, an ego and I have, uh, you know, a, a lot of, uh, my own issues that I'm working on too. So it's, uh, yeah. So if I, if I only had so much time to live, I would just be a lot more focused in, in 
really have a lot more drive going forward. The last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Oh, three <laughs> things that I know for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I know that uh, my soul is is really is really the direction that I need to go. So, um, yeah. so the, the first thing I would say is like, uh, I, I definitely have trust and, and faith in my soul yeah. and I, I, I'm not, I'm at a place where I don't really like doubt that. Right. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I would say that, you know, it, it doesn't matter how many books, how many podcasts, how many courses, how much education I do. Like it doesn't matter how much of that information I consume. Uh, it really doesn't become something more until I apply it. Right. So uh, it's the, uh, you know, wisdom is really about information plus application. Yeah. So, and that comes through life experience and that comes through, uh, you know, just being in the trenches and like actually participating in life. Uh, and I'm going to stop it too, because, uh, you know, I, and maybe the third one is that, that I'm pretty sure that I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you're being humble, but yeah, we do know what we, we know. And I love what he said. The first one about the soul again, yeah. Being guided or letting yourself to be guided by that place that we call elevated place. Thank you so much, Tobias, for your sharing your wisdom, the courage to write about your experiences with suffering and healing. Um, thank you for your presence, your beautiful presence, and everything else in between that I could feel. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this was awesome. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Everything is basically my name. Uh, so you can go to TobiasMcGowan.com. That's T-O-B-I-A-S-M-C-G-O-W-A-N.com. Uh, all all my, uh, my my blog, my 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 videos. My I have a, a free ebook that you can sign up for. It's uh, five emotions that will change your life. Mm, yeah. So everything's at the website. Uh, on social media, Instagram, the handle is Tobias McGowan, Facebook, Tobias McGowan. Uh, so that's that's pretty much everything. Um, I think it should be pretty easy to to, to find and locate me, and uh, I, I would love for you guys to to connect with me. And if you have any questions, just let me know. Yeah. And I'll have the your website linked posted on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Bye for now, Tobias. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Tobias McGowan and his work, please visit TobiasMcGowan.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. <laughs>